0: Cool. Good morning, city Lights, It's great to be with you on this Friday morning. I'm actually recording two days before, uh, just because we just took the week off to kind of find our feet with our new little boy, Coa Brave Webster. Was born last Thursday night at twenty fifty, and uh, man, I, it's I have new respect for uh, for 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 ladies. They go through a tough moment. And uh, and we just watch, and there's, there's not much that I can do, but just to see this little boy that's now almost a week old come into our lives is just a real answer to prayer, and um, and that's kind of I just wanted to take this time to end off this prayer series. Do one last little uh, talk on on praying. Ryan spoke an incredible message last week. I listened to it while looking after the twins. Amazing, amazing message, great feedback. And it's just amazing to see all these leaders that are popping out of city lights. And uh, if you look over the past few weeks, we've gone from mountains to encountering God's face to contemplative prayer to declarative prayer. And at the heart of it for me is just simply this, that God... He wants to be close to us. And I've realized more and more as, as time goes on and uh, as I grow in, in getting to know Jesus that actually He just wants to spend time with us. And I'm watching this, my, my, both my twins and my little boy, they just want to spend time with their father and their mother. They want to be close. And so often I think we can try to complicate prayer. And I do think there's moments where we, we get into intercessory prayer and we're fighting for things and there's, there's spiritual warfare prayer. But often the time is just actually sitting at your father's feet With him in his arms, and I am praying that this this prayer series has kind of pushed you in more into God's presence, more into His heart. So I just wanted to cover just a few things. Just there's a few prayer avenues at City Lights, um, and we are going to be growing this week. I want to be more and more. I want to be a praying church. Uh, it's, it's the feel of absolutely everything. It's that nothing we can see throughout history doesn't happen until people start to pray. So we've got obviously in community groups and we've encouraged the community group leaders to really just push into prayer. Not even just in this season, but just every single week. Pray for those in the group. Pray for the city. Pray for those who are far from God. Pray, pray that for the church. Pray for the leaders. Pray for. There's so much we can pray for and intercede for. So there's community groups. We've got the prayer room, which we advertise every week, and I'd encourage you to go and sign your name up there. Spend an hour or two or three, to spend how spiritual you are, with Jesus. There's a journal there. You can just put music on. You can just be alone and just be just be still in His presence, whatever it is. But a prayer room more and more. And even as we kind of redesign the space post COVID, I want to make a space that is specific for a prayer room so people can just engage our father in heaven. What I also loved hearing is uh, there's been a lot of organic prayer groups. Um, There's some guys that go into the desert and pray for one another and pray, which I just love. I think you don't need permission to pray. We, we, we set up certain avenues within City Lights, but if you're like, man, I need to pray. I've been struggling through a few things. Get some friends, get some guys, get some girls around you and begin to pray and intercede and trust God. Fridays at 9 a.m., we've got a Zoom online prayer time. That is key. It's led by Mordy. Uh, just, just really, that's kind of interceding for the meeting, interceding for what God is doing amongst us. In April... And uh, you will get an adver- ad- some kind of advertising around this. But we're going to be kicking off the men's morning prayer meeting again. And that was just so so good. And we're going to be praying in, in many ways, like standing at the gates and praying for city lights, praying for those who've lost jobs and family members and praying for God's kingdom to come as we're going to learn today. And obviously when we're all back together, we're going to have a, a prayer meeting that I would just want to, uh, what my dream for that is that the prayer meeting is so buzzing that it just overflows straight into the meeting with prophetic words and just God moving in powerful ways. And I'm trusting that this is a time where we've, we've not only learned about prayer from different people, but we've actually pushed into our, the Father. So I want to start with this scripture before that. I actually felt... This week, we're just as I was holding this little dude, Koa uh, Brave, in my arms, and just just so grateful to God, so grateful for all that He's done. My life scripture, as I've shared so many times, is "Who am I and what is my family that You've brought us this far?" David saying about himself, and I really feel like that. I feel like if I look back on my life, it's 17, 18 years coming to know Jesus. I just simply learned to worship Him in my room. But it, it, God loves those spaces. And I, if I look now, I was like, wow, just hold this little boy. We've had 10 years of waiting for the twins, then a, a year and a half of not even, we weren't trying, but God had another plan to bring this little boy into our lives. And I want to encourage those who are in a valley, those who are struggling, those who are uh, contending for things that God is faithful. He is good. You can trust Him. Uh, you can pour your life out before Him. He's not afraid of of any prayer he doesn't want articulated prayers I was walking the other day and I just started to listen to myself praying and I was like wow God I'm quite religious in this praying I I don't want to be I want to talk more and more like he's like my father he sits there and I, I can communicate with him but I also want to encourage those who are trusting God for things that God is faithful keep trusting him don't give up don't give up in this time Ephesians 3, it says this, When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. This is Paul writing. The creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from His glorious and limited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. That is the goal of prayer. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May experience the love of Christ, though it, though it is too great. To understand fully. I love that. We never get to the end of understanding the love of God. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now now all glory to God who is able through his mighty work and that is at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. That is the testimony of my life. I've realized I've prayed prayers that are too small, that are too confined to what, what I actually I could work out by myself. And I, I honestly, I pray, I'm praying that God, we start to pray prayers because it delights the Father's heart. That is, God, if you don't come through, I'm a mess. If, if you don't bring this thing through, I'm a mess. That we start praying these big, bold prayers. Verse 21, glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. What an amazing scripture out of Ephesians 3 out of the NLT. So I'm going to be looking at the Lord's prayer today and I can think of no greater prayer. We've got a week until our Easter celebration. We've got Joel Ramsey who's going to be preaching. He's a, a great communicator of the gospel. I would encourage you to to pray for people, then invite them. And do you know, what? it's the easiest thing to invite people to church these days. You just send them a link. Say so, hey, how our church is doing an online Easter service. If you want to join us, come and come and be involved and they could just tune in for like an hour and they give their lives to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Um, so we're going to be looking through the Lord's Prayer, which I know a lot of you have done this in community groups. We did a whole series on this. I was looking at my notes, I think, about two years ago. But we can never... No, We can never stop learning about the Lord's Prayer. Some of the greatest thinkers like N.T. Wright, there's a guy called Daryl Johnson that I've been following for a while. These incredible Bible teachers and Bible thinkers, they are still getting revelation from the Lord's Prayer. This is, this is Jesus' words. He's putting his, his words in our mouths on how we should pray to the Father in Heaven. So if you think Jesus is the only one who knew the Father properly and fully, And if He's teaching us how to pray in a certain way, we need to pray in that certain way. And I want to give an encouragement right at the end, and I'll remind us, is that this week leading up to Easter, let's pray the Lord's Prayer every day. And it's as simple as picking up your phone or put it on your calendar so you get a reminder that every day, whether it's on your way to work, on your uh, first thing in the morning, on your way back, whatever it is, whatever the rhythm of your day works, pray the Lord's Prayer slowly. Pray to Him and we begin to see that as this prayer, which is about God's kingdom coming to earth and it's about how we participate in that, is that this is, the, this is Easter. The G- Jesus, when He died on the cross, split history in two. He brought heaven to earth. He inaugurated the kingdom of God so we can live fully in the kingdom of God. N.T. says this, when we begin to pray these prayers, we take, when we take these words on our lips, we stand on hallowed ground. This prayer of the Lord's Prayer, our Father, has been prayed for 2,000 years. And it's almost just there's this, been this, uh, Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He started the kingdom of God and then there's, there's been a slowly turning to the, to, to the new heavens and the new earth and the, 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 the kingdom of God being fully realized in our time. So let's, let's pray this together. I'm going to read it, but let's pray it in our hearts. We're going to go through this slowly. This is Matthew 6, verse 9. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. It's an amazing prayer because you have Jesus who was son of Mary, but also son of God. Jesus, son of Mary, understood the frailty, and the temptations, and uh, the what it's like to be human fully human but he was also the son of God he knew his father in heaven intimately he knew his father's heart and when we read this prayer this is this is God himself teaching us how to pray to him and if, if we look at it like that we it should just be it should just be, be part of us I remember at school we used to pray this hour. amazing in South Africa it was very kind of Christian heritage but so often what, what often happens with that is when your culture becomes so Christian, you, you can become quite flippant about it. So we'd have the whole school praying our Father in heaven, like nearly every assembly. But it didn't actually carry that, the weight that it should as we begin to look at it and what Jesus was actually trying to teach his disciples. It's amazing. It says, you should pray this way. He's talking to us. He's talking to his disciples. Jesus obviously never had to pray for forgiveness, all that stuff. But He's te- teaching us how we should pray. It says, our Father, and it always starts there. It's our Father in heaven, and uh, it's, it's meant to be prayed together, not only alone, but in community with the word I, and this is a little different angle that I want to give on the Lord's Prayer today. I was listening to a guy called Daryl Johnson, and I've read some of his stuff. Uh, he's a, 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 honestly just a great Bible teacher. He teaches great on like Revelation and Matthew, and I've been recently introduced to him, but he talks about how the Lord's Prayer is called a chiasm. And you see it in different parts of scripture, and, is, if you th- and I'll explain what that means now. But basically, Westerners, we think in a straight line. We go from A to B or A to Z, and that's it. So it's like you're, you're the pinnacle is kind of right at the end. But in, uh, in Middle Eastern and Hebrew thought, they think in a chasm. So it's almost like at the, at the, at the middle of this, uh, the Lord's Prayer or the middle of Matthew or the middle of Revelation is actually the point that the rest of everything cascades off. It's kind of for me like thinking about the, the chorus of a song. And I, I love John Mayer, Bruce is sitting behind the camera there, and I remember years ago when his first DVD, those who don't know what DVDs are, it's a disc that you stick into something, a DVD player. Anyway, so he released his DVD, Room for Squares, and then other al- albums after that. But he's, he was, I mean, obviously every, most songs have a chorus. It's kind of the way it works. But I think John Mayer is just a genius with lyrics. If you think of that song, Waiting, Waiting for the World to Change, I'm not going to sing it. Me and all my friends, we're all misunderstood. They say we stand for nothing. There's no way we ever should. We, we keep on waiting. We're waiting for the world to change. That's the point of what everything else cascades off. And if you look at the Lord's Prayer, which I'm going to draw now, the point of everything is on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm going to draw this for you. I've got my little picture that I need to go. So here we go. It's, um, so archaism is normally kind of in this shape like this. Okay, let me get you. On earth, I'm just going to write on earth, heaven. You guys know what I mean by that. On earth as it is in heaven, that's the point of the Lord's prayer. Um, Then you have, it's our Father, it's His name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us. Just getting this right. Forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. So I'm getting quite Bible teacher on you, which is not really my strength. But anyway, we're learning some stuff here. So let's just start with, so the way it works is that everything kind of cascades of that thought. So everything, is like your name on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come on earth as it your will be done on earth, etc. But if you look at the way that it's set up, it's actually meant to correspond with the other side of the Lord's Prayer. So let's start with the name. I just want to get any of this wrong. Okay, so you've got the concept of God's name. The evil one, Satan, is always trying to, he wants us to do a bunch of bad things. Okay, that's just who he is. But one of the greatest things, and you can see it in Jesus' life, is that he's actually wanting us to die to this name, our Father in heaven. Who he is, how good he is. Because everything starts there. And if you look, Jesus was tempted. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert. It wasn't Satan who led into the desert? He was led into the Holy by the Holy Spirit into the desert to be tempted by Satan. And what Jesus happened in those forty days in the desert? That he won back what Adam had lost. But the thing is, this what is what does Satan say? It says, "If you are the Son of God." He calls into question the name of the Father in heaven. And if, we, if we've missed that, we've missed the Lord's Prayer. And uh, so often, so many things happen because we don't understand that as our Father in heaven. Let's go to the kingdom. So kingdom, if you look, look here, it's linked with forgiveness. Martin Luther says this, who's the great reformer of the 1600s, 1700s. Your sins are forgiven is the heart of the kingdom. The kingdom is a lot of things, but at the heart of the kingdom is restored relationship with the Father. It is restoring our hearts to the Father. It's, 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 it's being forgiven by our Father in heaven. And I've been listening to a series on sin. Uh, that's not a word that people like to hear in our modern world, and even how people are trying to deconstruct the Bible, and thoughts around the Bibles, that, and we, we live in the, the world of like, know your, live your own truth and all that stuff. The word sin is becoming a bit of a swear word in the world. And we have to understand that, that if, if Jesus, if the Father in heaven wants you to fix the world through a good, because the politics was messed up, he would have said the world's best politician. But the, our Father in heaven knew that, the, that the, the mess of the world is a sin mess. And he had to send a saviour, his son, Jesus Christ. Now I want to read Ephesians 2. Incredible, incredible scripture. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. That's you and I. In which you previously lived, according to the ways of this world, according to to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in those who are disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh uh, and thoughts. We were just, whatever we thought we did. And we were by nature under wrath, uh, and the others were also. But God, we can say that together, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love for us. Sorry. Sorry. God is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive in Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. He has now also seated us with him uh, in, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now that is amazing. The heart of the kingdom of God is the forgiveness of sins. And I think it, there's a, a theological word called total depravity that we don't, and we're so separated from God because of our sin that only through Jesus Christ and only through the Holy Spirit who enlivens our hearts can we actually approach our Father in heaven. We, we were far from God. We were, the Bible says we were by nature objects of His wrath. We stood far off. This is in the Bible. We were enemies of God, the Bible calls us. But under Jesus, we come close. There's, there's, this, if we don't understand the enormity of what sin is and the, what sin and the separation it causes in our lives, we're going to forget how good the salvation is. And as we lead up to Easter, this is not, a, this is not a, just a good time for us to go, okay, thank you for the cross. What does it actually mean? What does, without Jesus, I'm separated from my Father in heaven. Without Jesus, I don't live in eternity with Him. Without Jesus, we, we are an absolute mess. Sin separates. Sin breaks down. But thank goodness for Jesus who died on the cross, who rose again on the third day, who defeated, he defeated death, he defeated sin, and we can stand in Christ and be, and when God looks at us, he just sees Christ within us. Amazing. If we don't get how far we were from him, we won't get the power of the gospel. That we are, we are in the kingdom of God and we are forgiven by our Father in heaven. What about God's will? Some people struggle with this. We're like, oh, if I follow Jesus, he's going to tell me to do a bunch of things that I don't want to do. No, his will is linked to Provision. And that's all within the kingdom of God setting our lives. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You don't have to worry. And some of you in the season of Corona have, have struggled for bread. Uh, we've been helping quite a few people in City Lights, which is just an incredible gift that the church can help the church. It's just this amazing thing that is never gonna stop. And, uh, but God's will is to provide. God's will is to give you the daily bread. Not only his, his Spirit and His life in you, which is the most important thing, that we have been given all things in Christ Jesus, but God actually cares about you. He cares intimately about your finances. He cares about who you are. He cares, he cares so much that He will bring provision on every level to you. just going to pick up a few words. There's a word, hallowed, which is kind of a, a strange word. I don't think it's one of those things you use like on an everyday basis. But it's, uh, it's, it's from the Greek word, hageio. okay? So it's, for me, it's, if you go look at what the commentary speak about this and you go look at the different meanings of the word, it's kind of split into three different areas. is hallowed, it's number one, is that we treat God's name as holy. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your hallowed, or hallowed. And I used to say it, hallowed. We always used to say that as as kids. Hallowed be your name. Is that number one, retreat as holy and sacred. It's he's set apart, he's other, he's our father in heaven, he's close, but he's also God. The word can also mean is that it includes us into his holiness and into his nature and into his character, which is amazing. That everything that the name means. The name which the the enemy will try to take away from you everything that that name means we can we, we are we have access to because we are in christ and the the third kind of layer is to exclude anything that 's out of sync with his holiness and that is the journey of following jesus and I remember someone giving this illustration when I first got saved it's it 's overly simple but it's it's incredibly true and um you're just saying when, when you first save God like Let's just imagine our lives are kind of, God's combing through our lives. He starts with a really kind of almost like a fork and it's just really, he's just combing through a few things and he combs it away. And as we get closer to him and we fall more in love with him, he gently leads us to a place where it's almost like this fork starts getting closer and they get closer and it starts to pull out these things because he wants us to be close to him. He wants God is committed to forming his son in every single one of us. And it takes time and it takes us actually also putting our, laying our lives down before Him. Another thing I just want to pick up is in terms of the words of the Lord's Prayer. And the reason I chose the Lord's Prayer is that this is like the pinnacle of prayer. We've spoken about so many different incredible prayers from Moses to Elijah to all of these incredible men in the Bible. But here's Jesus Himself teaching us how to pray under the new covenants and how we get to be part of bringing heaven to earth. So some of the verbs in the Lord's Prayer, and I love this, they, they're, they're imperative, they're commands. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done. I think Jesus is showing us here that the Father in heaven loves it when we go into His room, so to speak, and we just begin to cry out to Him and say, Father, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. I can't do this. That's. It's also passive because I am part of God's bringing God's kingdom to earth. We build churches. We lead people to Jesus, etc. But it is it is it is God who does it. it. it is the it is our Father in heaven who does this on our behalf. So that's that's it, it. Delights the Father's heart for us to pray these bold prayers. We can boldly come into God's presence. It says on earth as it is in heaven I want to kind of come into a bit of a landing here what 's a bit of a landing what is that <laughs> if I was a pilot coming into Dubai, we would be nearing um, kind of Iran okay well no no not Iran'm not allowed to say we 're Oman let 's just say we've just we 've just come in from Oman and um, we are made to be heaven to earth people we are the Bible says this we, we are In 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? We are God's temple. What is God's temple? God's temple was the place that housed and hosted the very presence and Spirit of God in the Old Testament. Through Jesus, we now become the temple of the Holy Spirit that we bring heaven to earth. So when we begin to pray prayers, when we begin to intercede, when we begin to uh, invite God into every single part of our lives, although He's already there, he, he works with us and He works in and through us, we are the living temple of God bringing the presence of God to wherever we find ourselves. So you may be at your work. You may be at your school. You may be a teacher. You may be whatever it is. You may be a cabin crew, a pilot. doesn't matter. You are the one that brings the kingdom of God to that place. You are the temple of God. You you have the very presence of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit himself. I love what it says in 1 Peter two nine. But you are a chosen priest, sorry, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The priesthood would, de- would be there on behalf of Israel who would go and offer sacrifices and prayers and spend time in the temple. We are now the royal priesthood. We are now the temple of God and we get to bring the presence of God wherever we go. We get to intercede for the earth. As Christians, we, we need to be the ones that are praying at the places of pain. Corona's been that. And I, I just love seeing across the earth what God's doing in the church. There's, there's a lot of kind of division across the world, but I think God is purifying His church through all of this so we can, so we can truly see Him begin to move and see king, the kingdom of God uh, come to earth, that we become these intercessors for the earth to see God's kingdom, His rule and His reign amongst us. And uh, I was debating whether I should go into this, but I'm going to quickly touch on it. A couple of weeks ago, I said I'd talk a little bit more about tongues. I was thinking, how do I weave tongues into the Lord's Prayer? And it's simply this. Tongues is a gift from God. So let's just turn in our Bibles quickly to 1 Corinthians 14. It says, Pursue love. It says out of the CSB, verse 1, 1, And desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For the one person who speaks in another tongue is speaking, uh, to peop- not to people, but to God. But no one understands him. He speaks mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. The person who speaks in another tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds the church. I wish, I wish of you that, uh, sorry, this is verse 5. I wish all of you spoke in other tongues, but even more that you prophesied. And then later, Paul goes, I speak in tongues more than all of you. And tongues are there to build yourself up, and then prophecies to edify the church. So. To, a couple of weeks ago, Annalene gave an incredible word of knowledge. We've seen prophecy operate within and through city lights, which is just amazing. I'm hearing incredible stuff that's happening in community groups. And that, that is the normal part of pursuing love, pursuing the Spirit. But if we talk about tongues, we can be quite like, oh, I'm not sure about that. My church background doesn't allow for that. My, uh, whatever it is. And can I say that this is in, this is in Scripture, it comes straight out of 1 Corinthians 13, the great passage on love. Love is patient, kind. Tongues is there so we can build ourselves up. And someone called it, it's like your private love language to God. And, uh, and how, do we, how do we practically get to that place? Now, I could do probably a whole sermon on tongues, but I would encourage you to go to read 1 Corinthians 14. And it's, it's for me, I can tell you my story. I remember my mom... She went to the Toronto Blessing. Some of you guys may may have heard of that many, many years ago. But anyway, she... She was a Baptist, which is kind of a bit more cessationist. They don't really believe in the gifts of the Spirit. She, she got invited to this, to this thing by my aunt and uncle, and she went and she was like fully filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember sitting in the car with me, and she goes, boy, we're going to pray for you to receive the gift of tongues. And I'm like, "My well, I don't even know if I'm saved. And uh, I didn't say that. But like, <laughs> I just remember sitting next to her, going, into, and, and there was just this, this moment where she was kind of going, and I was like, okay, nothing really happened. But I had an understanding, okay, well, my mom is not that crazy it 's a little bit, and she won 't mind me saying that <laughs> but uh, I, as as kind of things went, I kind of went through school it was just are uh, you aware of God? I remember giving my life probably about eight years old, whatever it is, and um, I remember going to a soul survivor youth conference. It was led by a guy called Mike Pilavachi, who leads Soul Survivor Church in, in the UK. And he was teaching, I was about 14, 15 years old, and he was teaching on tongues. And he says, this is, a, this is the language that God wants to give you. And it's, and it's a way of you communicating to Him. And it's, if you look biblically what it is, it's, it's a language that the people don't understand that's between you and God. Then sometimes they, they do speak in tongues in other languages, and they preach the gospel. So I believe it's both And uh, I had this moment where he just started to pray over over all of us. And we were young. And I think when you're younger, you you let things kind of bypass your mind into your spirit. You don't kind of overanalyze things. And I remember being filled with the Spirit and began to speak in tongues. Subsequently, after that, I walked away from God. For a couple of years, you know, part of the whole, like, sport thing where I grew up was, like, just lots of drinking and partying and whatever it is. And then I came back to God when I was about 17, 18 years old. And it was that, the, the, speaking in tongues, they did it primarily. And it was just normal. And I uh, just, uh, just kind of started to pick it up again. So I never really had to have this moment where I felt like, oh, this is, like, strange for me. But for some of you, it might be. For some of you, it may be like, man, I- I'm not sure about that. But can I encourage you that... In the context of the Lord's Prayer, it's, it's, first of all, it's a gift from the Spirit, so it's not, not everyone will get it, but I think you can desire it. If you don't get it, don't feel like you're a second grade Christian, that's, that's fine, but I think we can eagerly desire it. I think, I think uh, if, I, if I listen to like, Bruce's wife, Danae, her, her testimony was that like, she really wanted the gift of tongues. And then just one day just kind of was driving home and just filled with the Spirit and began to speak like one word and two words and it starts to come and uh, can I encourage you that in us interceding for the world in us praying for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done in every single aspect that, that tongues build you up Paul writes who is one of the greatest thinkers Christian thinkers um, ever besides Jesus because he was the Christian Okay, but uh, here you have this guy who's an incredible intellectual he says I speak in tongues more than all of you and I'm like, if this guy said you need to speak in tongues, that it builds you up. We need to pursue that thing. And, um, and I want to just take a moment. Now, to, it's obviously, if, if we had a whole bunch of people here, it would be a different story. But I believe that prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit can, can begin in the home. Whatever starts in the home will we'll, we'll go into your community groups, will go into your life, will go into your office and your workplaces. But it has to start in the home. So can we just take a moment to say, God, let your kingdom come in my home right now. Holy Spirit, whatever gifts you want to give, it's, it's not about the gift, it's about pursuing love. It helps us love you more, it helps us love others more. It's a gift from our Father in heaven. I pray, Lord God, that we would be the pursuers of love and eagerly desire the gifts. We won't have that reversed around. We would pursue love, we would pursue you, Father, with our whole hearts. So I pray, Lord God, in every single home across the city, everyone that's listening and tuning in online, let your Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit, would you just minister into people's hearts right now? I was listening to a a podcast a couple of days ago and this guy's just said like the way he kind of brought like prophecy into home is just imagine Jesus walked into your home. What would he say over you? What would he say over your wife? What would he say over your kids? If you're sitting alone today, what is Jesus going to say over you? It's going to be good things. I'd encourage you to take out a journal, begin to write, begin to eagerly desire, seek after our father in heaven. Seek his face. Father, at the end of this whole series on prayer, I pray Lord God that it would just it would ignite something it would ignite something in us to, to seek your face. Father, we worship you, we honor you, we give you praise. We thank you that you're with us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Just to give a little bit of direction over the next couple of months um, Please just keep looking at your emails, look on social media. We, we're just longing to get back together, face-to-face, whatever that's going to look like. Like I said, mask-to-mask, that's going to be our reality for a while. But uh, we are longing for that. So we're hoping it can be in the next month or so, but just if you could just keep, uh, be aware of that. We are going into a series, uh, which you would have seen the video on already. And it's a family, it's the family of God. So not only is it about community, the family as church being a family, but it's also about what it means to be a family. And I think family is under attack. And if you, if you look across the world, that's, there's just been a, a redefining of sexuality and all these things. So we're hoping to cover a few things. We're going to talk about parenting. We've got some amazing people in the church who are going to talk about marriage and parenting and all these different things. I think it's going to be a great month in April of just really delving deep. We're going to give some great resources, resources to the community groups so they can just go deeper into all of these things. And then in May we're going to have a a new series called Missional May. And I'm really excited about this. And the reason we did family first is because I think we need to be a family on mission. We can't just be the family and then we can kind of just become quite internal. And it actually needs to be a family that faces outwards. And we've got some cool stuff that I've been thinking and dreaming through over the the past couple of weeks that we're going to have a really outward-focused Missional May. It's going to take us to June, and let's hope that some of us can possibly go on holiday in July, but we don't know. If not, we'll, we'll all see you here over the summer. But otherwise, have an incredible week, and we'll see you next week. Invite people to Easter.